off a ladder had nothing to do with this. His physical body is here, but his spiritual body is not. And the reason these disturbances, they followed you to a new home, is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. Anybody there who wishes to communicate? your favorite new podcast wild quincy where it is wild october chris ketters with travis hoffman and travis boy we've had some fun this month we've been building up to a crescendo here on the wild october ride that it's been let's see let's recap here we started off with some stories that we got on the road we went around to the quincy locations around the area that are haunted then we delved into the school systems what kind of spooky things is happening in school oriented locations 
Then we got uh, where we go we into the the the, the 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 scariest of the scariest, the, yeah. the cream of the crop in the last episode. Thanks again, Bobby, joining us on that. And we announced that we were going in. We were going into the lion's den itself, Washington Theater. What happened, Chris? Everybody's Boy, wanting to know what happened. Yeah, we went into this with the thought of, man, what if nothing happens? How are we going to fill? Be depressing. <laughs> a thirty-minute show, not talking. Talk about how hot it was and how the drunk people were on the side of the street for the whole episode. No, we ended up finding stuff. Ooh, that's exciting! I haven't. And this is this behind the scenes how the sausage is made. Chris has withheld the findings <laughs> so that I'm hearing them as you are for the first time right now. And I'm on the edge of my little my little seat here, just ready to hear. But let's set things up a little bit before we get into it, Chris. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a uh, kind of a normal night. A couple things to throw out at you first. The first time, and by the way, Travis, the video you did. If you guys haven't checked out the video that Travis did, check it out. It's really well done. Thank you. The lighting was pretty rough to work with, but uh, yeah. <laughs> He had me listen to it the two minute and eleven second mark because he thought he might have heard it, heard an EVP there. So uh, if you haven't listened real closely, go check that out and see if uh, maybe you catch something there as well. But we got the DVR set up the first time we've ever set the DVR up in that building. Again, it's a huge building. If you haven't been in there, make sure to check out one of the things that they do or any of the things that they do. They have concerts in there. Unfortunately, Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is an annual tradition there, did not happen this year due to that darn COVID thing. But yeah. there. There is uh, a lot of stuff that you can go and do there, so make sure to check it out because it is a beautiful location, and I'm so excited to see what it's going to turn into, but we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on. Sure. But we had a a good time for setup, and then we dove right into the investigation, and Travis, you've been there before, right? That's correct. I was trying to think uh, rough timeline-wise. It must have been at least... Gosh, I think it was before my son was born, and he's uh, eight, so it was probably close to ten years ago, the last time oh, wow. I was in there. Like, from a paranormal investigation standpoint, I've only been in there once before, so about ten years ago. And Okay, so but you were there for as a, in a paranormal capability. Yeah, I was there tagging along with the Rivertown Paranormal Group, and... Uh, did a good comb through the building, and it was one of those things where I was, I was, I am not an active paranormal investigator. I've never been an active paranormal investigator, but I've, I've like, I've, I've positioned myself in an ancillary matter to where I've been able to join several other groups and uh, had the experience in a limited without the, <laughs> the hard work of actually going through everything. So, <laughs> well, I never you heard did what a good came job. Of those. Well, thank you, you, thank you. You did a good job of of of, uh, of diving in, and and I think we can make you definitely an honorary american ghost uh ghost hunter take it thank you yeah but uh, we started out with uh and here's the thing is that this is going to be really cool if you're not a patreon member uh you're going to get a little special treat because uh we recorded our very first time being in there once we got all set up when we first made our very first interactive uh, investigation parts, we recorded the whole segment. And Travis, we had more happen in that 45 minutes than probably yes. the rest of the night. Yeah, and to, to your point, Chris, yeah, if you're a if you are a Patreon member, we're going to give you access to that first was it 45 minutes, Chris? Yeah, about that. And you're going to be able to put on the headphones. What are we going to release that? Is that going to be up for It'll Halloween be this week. night? It'll be okay. up this week, so it'll be later on this week. So imagine sure Halloween, you take the kiddos, if you got anything, if you got kiddos, you got to deal with the trick-or-treat situation, do that, get them to sleep, 
then go get your headphones. Jump over to our <laughs> Patreon side, push play on that bad boy, get in a nice dark room, and be part of the experience. Because it was yeah. it was a little creepy. What let's let's talk about the the challenges to this location real fast before sure. we get too far along here. What from a investigation standpoint are the obstacles that we have to encounter during the, the, our time being there? It's such a large location, and that's the biggest problem. Be, first of all, and the thing I mentioned before is the DVR setup. We have four cameras that are set up. They're infrared cameras, so you turn the lights off, you can see everything pretty clearly. However, those infrared lights don't get very far when you have such a large location and we had a perfect example where we had a camera in the balcony area and the light just wasn't significant enough to even get across the balcony because we had the camera on one side of the balcony we were trying to shoot the whole balcony so we had to get another infrared light and place it about halfway through the balcony just to clear the whole area so that's one of the big issues I will tell you two other issues that happen, and they have to do with sound. That place is so amazing, and, and I, I just, it just popped my head, and I don't want to forget about it. As we were walking around, at one point in time, we found the sweet spot. Oh, in, yeah. yeah. In the yeah, yeah. theater. What and happened at the sweet spot? The sweet spot, and I didn't realize it. I, I would assume that it it's probably happens in a lot of theaters that are set up in this sort of design, is that... You have this one spot where if you're around the building in general and you're walking around, there's always an echo. But if you hit this one spot in the center of the theater, closer to the stage, it removes the echo and it's just a straight sound. And it is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it was weird. It was so creepy. Weird. It wasn't even creepy. It was just scientifically very neat to be able to stand, okay, right here and then say something. And you, it was it was crystal clear, no no reverberation at all. It was bizarre. it's like a two by two square, a two foot by two foot square. And if you got outside of that at all, it went away. But at that spot, you didn't have any echo. You could hear everything crystal clear. But go outside of that two by two foot spot, and it's echo. And, and that's the problem when you're investigating. When you have echo and things like that, it can hinder some of the things. Even for example, when we were setting up, there was times where, like, say for example, I was down in the like where the main seating area is at and, and you and Bobby were upstairs working on a, a DVR or working on one of the cameras trying to get set up where the echo was so bad. I couldn't hear you that you wanted to talk like softly to each other. So you could actually hear yeah. what the other person was saying. You couldn't like yell. In that's that so building. true. That's so true. So that's another problem. And then of course the final and biggest obstacle that we've had, and I've been there, I think about five times now investigating and it's never never failed me that we've had something like uh, something happen but we also have the issue of something else happening where you have a nice lovely bar next door that stays open till one o'clock in the morning and so you do have <laughs> some people that are uh live on spirits and they're having a great time and uh adventure their own spiritual outside. encounters exactly right? and so that does cause some problems with some audio issues and so anytime you're listening and we had about travis there was like six hours of audio that i had to go through and right wow. you know like a good portion of that i say three or four hours that you hear audio and you hear them talking in the background so you pretty much kind of kind of listen a little bit but then you don't you kind of throw it away because you there's that chance that they're you know it could be polluted by by outside noise so those are the main obstacles for when you're investigating a place like this but it never seems to fail that this place always wants to produce something and then the one thing i do want to say is that we did a. Uh, we've mentioned this multiple times. We did a show called Grizzaween on KZCK for multiple years. This was one of the locations we went to, and not only this location, but almost every location we've been to for Grizzaween, except 
for the Quincy Museum, the night that we brought the radio crew in to investigate, it's always crazy active. And we could never figure out why. But we think the reason might have to do with is almost like the spirit's like, oh, my gosh, this is my time for my 15 seconds of fame. (laughs) Yeah, sure. And so they become a lot more active because what we're doing is we're producing this and sending it out to the masses. And, And Travis... By golly, I think they figured out this was a, some sort of radio show because they did that for us. <laughs> I, I tell you, it was... Let's paint a picture. We set up roughly about what time? Was it... Uh, uh, 7.30? 7.30? Yeah. Okay. And I got to tell you guys, it, it was quite, an, a feat, a, quite a feat of an amazement to see how, how precise and efficient Bobby and Chris are at this setup like it's clockwork how quick they were able to take the gear from the you know the truck in there get stuff run i mean i barely had time to shoot that little piece that i did and because i was doing that because i was just getting a damn way to be honest <laughs> with you you know they had a dentist science and i'm happy to acknowledge if i am not being helpful i will remove myself from the situation and boy next thing i know everything's up and going and we were you know we killed the lights and the first 45 minutes, you know, what did that look like for us from an investigation standpoint? So we decided the best thing to do, and I, I thought this was interesting and something you said, Travis. You said afterwards, you said, this isn't what I'm normally used to doing when I've done other investigations in the yeah. past. And we've gotten, I don't know, there's a part of me that thinks that we've gotten older and lazier. But there's another <laughs> part of me that thinks that there's a, and the reason why we do it is because there is some solid thought behind it and the thought is is that well first of all what we do is we don't move a lot and we usually find a place to sit and sit because when you're moving around and you're wrestling your feet and you're holding on to the equipment you're holding on to a recorder all this stuff's happening you get so much interference and so much stuff that could give you false positives so what- and, that, and that's in a small area let alone a huge museum with reverberation and echoes yeah. so that effect would have been multiplied by x amount yeah exactly so so we literally went to the middle uh, for our first thing we grabbed three chairs we went to the middle of the theater and we sat down and we just sat there for 40 minutes we had the recorder which that's where you're going to hear all the audio coming from and then we also had a k2 meter uh emf meter uh Actually, it's called a melmeter and a couple other pieces of equipment that we were holding on to. And, and Travis, just to let people know, those K2 meters, you've seen them on shows. They're little gray boxes. They got little five little lights on them. They always stay green for a baseline, but then they'll pop up if you get EMF, which is electromagnetic frequency. Because Travis, I know you were going to ask me what that was. and You're way ahead of me. Yeah. So what that is, is it just measures like EMF spikes up to five milligauss, which that's as high as that one goes. Now, the melmeter I have can go, man... We've had instances where we've gone to private residence before where we've you can have EMF issues where, say, for example, your bed is located right above your uh, circuit breaker box and that right above that circuit breaker box or breaker box. I mean, the EMF can be 300, 400, 500 milligauss, which is a lot uh, in EMF. By the way, if you ever were curious and you get freaked out, grab an EMF detector or K2 detector and see if there's any EMF in that area that you're getting nervous at. Because a lot of times if you have uh, an outlet or something that is not uh, properly installed, it will produce more EMF. And that actually gives you kind of a, a weird sense, which can make you kind of paranoid. 
Right, I've heard that. Yeah, so we've gone to places before where we've gone into a bathroom and the EMF was like 250 milligauss, which is crazy high. That becomes a safety issue. Yeah, at exactly. Some point, and so, it? you know, we, we become electricians and say, hey, you need to contact an electrician yeah. and fix this outlet because this is where your EMF's coming from. Uh, it's, it's a good thing. If, so if you're paranoid at home, grab an EMF or K2 meter and walk around with it. Just don't do what I did. The first K2 meter I bought, I was like, I wonder if this works. So I turned on the microwave and sat it right next to it and blew it up so <laughs> you don't do that but uh yeah so anyway going back to the story is that uh, we had a k2 meter there the thing never goes off we've been investigating for 12 years i'd say all together and when we first started it used to go off a lot and then in the last like eight years it's never gone off hardly at all and guess what travis it was going off yeah i can attest to that i i was not the best angle but i mean yeah there was Clearly, some kind of activity, some kind of EMF reading was were being picked up. Yeah, and that that correlated to other things that were going on, right? Yeah, it did. It, and one of the things, because a lot of people I know, I, if Terry Mosby is listening, she would chime in. And she's thinking about this right now. Is that cell phones do emit EMF? It's real low volume EMF, and so if you have your cell phones turned on, they'll do a tower check every few minutes, and that will set right. off your K two meter. Bobby didn't have her phone on her. My phone was turned off, and you were about seven to ten feet away from her. And that's which too it was far. turned on. Yeah, yeah, it was turned on though. In all full disclosure, but it's too but. far away for that low of a frequency to get picked up by a K two. In all reality, so we had to go off multiple times, and Bobby was holding on to it. And that's one of the things I do think that if you hold on to it, might help a little bit. We started asking questions. No real positive answers or anything. Usually we'll go along the lines of saying, um, all right, if you understand this and you can use this piece of equipment, we want to ask you yes or no questions. So go ahead and make it light up you know, right now so you understand. And we had that happen, but then once we started asking questions, there was really nothing that made us feel like it was constant. Now, the one thing that Bobby said, Travis, and you kind of agreed with her, was that the mood was weird. And it had, a, there, there was a weird sense of something, an uneasiness. And Bobby really felt that. And one of the things that we noticed was that when we started getting away from trying to directly communicate with that spirit or individual, things started to happen. Like the K2 would go off. Uh, we had uh, um, the ovulus there. The ovulus gave us some words when we weren't really asking questions. So it was almost like whatever was there was like... A little shy, maybe. Or like, like look at me, look at me kind of thing. Uh, pay okay. attention to me kind of thing. But I don't know. How did you feel about the night? Did it? Did, was there any un, you know, tense times right. or... Yeah, I I would say personally when we were in the main auditorium in the in the chairs, I I don't know that I had any overly creepy sensations or anything. I did feel a little more of a creepiness when we uh went up to the balcony later on in the evening. And I think that may have been more of a mental thing for me. Especially after what Bobby said in the last episode. Well, <laughs> that was definitely in the back of my mind. But if you're not familiar with the balcony, it's nothing outside of what a normal balcony works like at the theater. We sat on kind of the the riser areas where the seats would go. Looks like they've been doing some basic work up there and kind of replacing old boards and whatnot in the past probably 10 years. 
And we, we set kind of to, I guess, the stage left. Or I don't know exactly how that works. But at any, at any rate, um, there was a lot more creaking and a lot more, it felt like, potential movement because of being a more of a wood floor and not concrete. Mm-hmm. And when you have yourself, again, it's a dark auditorium, and you're, you're on the ground, and you're hearing what kind of feels like something could be walking or movement, even though it's just an old building, and a lot of it's probably just natural sounds. But if it comes from the side where the stairs are <laughs> behind you, that kind of puts you at a very sense of a mental vulnerability, knowing, okay, if I have to run here, I'm there's a ledge over there that <laughs> would kill me if I fell off, probably. And where, where's my exit strategy in this situation? And I think that was more the sense of uneasiness that I felt was probably yeah. there. Um, because there's just it's kind of a junction. There's a there's a almost like a third floor and catwalks that are accessible from the balcony, where the projection room is and everything. That's extremely creepy, you know, yeah. <laughs> place looking up. And I think there was a little bit more head games going on in my own mind at that spot. How about you though, Chris? What were your vibes through the night? Speaking specifically about the balcony, I think that the biggest issue I always have is that unknown. And I mentioned this in one of the other episodes is how many times do you, I think we talked about the Patreon is, you know, running upstairs was like when I was a kid, like I ran up the stairs because I was always scared. Something was following me up the steps, right. uh, especially if it was dark behind you. And that's the same thing with the balcony area is that there's a lot of unknown space behind you. And I think at one point in time, Bobby's like, we had uh, these lights that, are motion lights so what happens if there's motion they'll, they'll turn themselves on and one of the things bobby's I, I think i said or bobby said was like let's you know make sure those motion lights are behind us so then if something comes up behind us the motion lights will kick on and luckily that never happened but we did <laughs> however have one motion light come on by itself and actually i think it was within the first 40 minutes of that also going it back was. it was well, this is the this is earlier in the evening when we still downstairs like you said in the first 45 minutes and roughly how I, I want to say that most of the activity on the equipment and the light going on happened within pretty close proximity, did it not? Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, within 20 minutes for sure, uh, there was a lot going on. The light that we had that specifically went on, we had a motion light that was shot up towards the uh, back staircase. And right. it was at a little bit of an angle, so it was shooting up the staircase. So if anything came up or down the staircase, it would light up. And we were doing our own thing, and all of a sudden, we weren't looking that way. And all of a sudden, we saw this light, and we turned around and noticed that, hey, the motion light just went on by itself. Does does that happen a lot with motion lights no. in, in your experience? No. You, so that's re- Okay, really? Yeah, so most of the time, you'll set those down, and those things will never turn on the whole night. Well, unless you walk up on it, you know? And it's usually right. got a pretty big area, like... That one that was set at that at those stairs, it can go out about eight to ten feet in front of it. So it, before it can't, it's too far, and the, the sensor doesn't pick it up anymore. So I mean, it was within decent range that it hit, and so that was pretty pretty cool that that happened. However, I'm gonna play a little uh, devil's advocate in this scenario. I was just getting ready to go down this road myself, but go is ahead. Is that? Uh, as we were going along, and I don't remember how it even started, but there was discussion about birds. 
<laughs> I believe that reviewing the uh, the uh, the cams the DVR, in the balcony, yep. we saw some very clear footage of what appeared to be like pigeons or or birds, or possibly bats. Uh, yeah. Well, there was definitely yeah. bat as well as we found out <laughs> later in the evening. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and that actually brings us up to our first audio clip from the night. A little bit of a funny scenario is, and and you'll see. I think yes, it was in our. We did an Elmwood farm which is just outside of palmyra for american ghosts we did an episode about that place and you'll have you'll see bobby and i's experience <laughs> with the, with birds we do not have good experiences with birds in i uh, just happened to watch that not for this episode but i was revisiting your american ghost channel chris and i happened to watch that exact footage and boy that was something was. i encourage everyone to go out and check that we'll have a link in the uh, the the notes here it that. was uh, quite the experience and of course, uh, it wouldn't be an American ghost outing and uh, outing with Bobby without having this happen. Here's the audio clip because we had recorders running the whole time. And uh, we may pull up the DVR later on at some point in time to let you watch that as well. I think we might have caught a little bit of that on the DVR. But uh, here's what happened during the actual investigation. Oh, man. oh God. <laughs> 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 oh, there he goes again! Jesus, always oh, worse. Is it bad? I think it's a bad deal. Yeah, but better. You take off. <laughs> so there you go. A little bit of uh, a little bad activity. We all had to crouch down for a moment. <laughs> this, I believe, we were uh, either just getting ready to go back to investigate from a break or going to the break. And we were standing out in like the lobby area, if memory serves. Mm -hmm. And I was, I don't know what I was, I think I was looking for a light switch or something. You were right by the cam set, the, uh, the, the, uh, the hub, so to speak with all the different cams. And, uh, I kind of glanced up and sure enough, this bat, I'm pretty sure it was a bat. It was, it was buzzing right over our heads. And <laughs> to, to, I mean, to my credit, I did not freak out about, it. I was, I was very matter of factly like, hey, we got a bat. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I got picked up on the audio saying it, but, uh, yeah, we, we all kind of <laughs> did a little drop to our knees to make sure that guy, cause that's not a high ceiling right there. Unlike no. the rest of the theater. That was yeah. very, very low ceiling. Not the place you want to have a bat. So that was our exciting time with the the bad activity and uh, yeah. So motion cam, motion cam wise, would that have set it off potentially with the camera or with the the, the light? motion lights? The yeah. light could that have triggered it? Potentially, it could have. Okay, uh, fair enough. It, it, it does. It's very sensitive. Once it, once something gets within range, it, it is very sensitive. It will pick it up. So there is a chance that that could have yeah. been from the bird, but you know. You think about what was happening at that time, as you mentioned, within that 20-minute segment, we had a lot of activity. We had the ovulus going off, saying some random words. We had the K2 meter going off. We heard some noises. We had saw Bobby and I both saw shadows. And Travis, you remember? there was a, In that 45-minute segment, there was one point in time where I said, there's something standing in front of me. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Now that you say that, it was that a was very, that was it was between like, so you were to my right, Bobby was to my left and like between me and you, but only like maybe four or three feet in front of me, kind of off to the right, there was a dark, 
dark figure that was standing in front of us. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's pretty wild. I, I didn't really, you know, again, it's not one of those, again, I'm the kind of person you got to pick me up and throw me for me to believe that, that it exists. And it, that wasn't my pick me up and throw me moment. So I didn't, you kind of throw that stuff away because you don't know for sure. So exactly. But we'll, you know, it, it's another interesting fact. Now, Travis, we had, as I mentioned, about six hours of audio from Yikes. when we first walked through the door. We're doing all of our setup to when we literally had everything packed up. My recorder does not shut off because of Washington Theater. The recorder does not right. shut off till we walk outside the door. So we had uh, all together one about five different EVPs. I'm gonna have you listen to from oh, the audio goody. clips. You know, you're going to have to listen to them, make your own decisions. There's a couple of them that are kind of a little bit more impressive than the others, but we'll start out with uh, the first one here. This one happened during a passive session, so nobody was in the building. It was a little bit oh, earlier on, and so this is, uh, I'll let you listen to the first one here. Did you hear it? Yeah. It see if like I can... Yeah. Kind of a, yeah. So I'll, I'll just play that one more time. <laughs> kind of hear it there, like. It. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You... Do, do what? Do one more if you okay. don't mind. It almost sounds like something at, near the beginning too. Like is that's that... Bobby. That That's is Bobby, Bobby okay. at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or no, no, actually, it wouldn't be Bobby. Hold on, let's listen to that again. You're you're onto something. Hold on, that wouldn't be because we were all outside. That's the outside voices. That was the outside voice. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Cause gotcha, there were still people outside, but the reason why I think this is a little bit more important is because the, the noise, it's not normal. It doesn't sound like the outside voices. So, so that's the yeah, one that you kind of, well. it's possible that could be something that's just natural, but it's something that kind of caught my attention enough for me to save it. But nobody was in the building for the time no. of, of that EVP is what we're saying, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So this next one is we, we did our first, that 45 minutes we talked about, we took a break and then when we came back in to do another session, we got something on this, this recording here. I'll let you listen to. It's okay. I'm going to be joining you here soon. Jesus. Did you hear anything there? Right after Bobby stops talking? Let me hear it again. All right, here we go. It's okay. I'm going to be joining you here soon. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, it's faint, but I, yeah, it's kind of a... Almost sounds like a, like a, a growl of some sort. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, one more time I'll play that. It's okay. I'm gonna be joining you here soon. Jesus. Okay, yeah, the more you play it, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so that was another one. So now we move on to the next one here. And this is again another passive session, and this one caught me off guard. Now, we can talk about this after I play it. It's possible it could be a chair. We had three chairs sitting out. It's also possible there are air vents on the ground that are metal, and if you step on them, they make a loud noise. It's possible it could be some one of those two making a noise. So we'll let you listen to it here and see what you say. Nobody's in the building. That's pretty substantial. Yeah. For just a minor little. Let's do that one more time. That was an hour long passive session. 
And that mm. was one of the one of the very few things in that session that came out was that noise. But it's close to the recorder, and again, it, it kind of, at first I thought it was a chair, but then I was thinking, man, it might be one of those air vents. Where was the recorder at? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that question. Was was it going in first going into the auditorium? No, on, at or? this point in time, I think it was recording still by our chairs in the middle of the theater. Okay, okay, yeah. boy, yeah, I can. It does have like it's a real good thud though. Yeah, just a poop, really good. almost like. Something with force. Yeah. Like it almost, I mean, it sounds like it almost, in my mind, I'm like, okay, is it possible that a bird or a bat like ran into something maybe? Mm. I, I I don't know if that's quite it, but it has a little bit of a thud factor. To yeah. It. But I don't know where, how, if it, from them being in that location, there wasn't a lot of echo to that. Which no. Which seems like it would have been extremely close. Close, right. And you're right. It could have been an air vent on the, those little circular discs that you can step on. But if someone, if it was a footstep on there, if we stepped on that, it would make a similar noise. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, draw your own conclusion, I guess. Yeah. But that, that is a little discerning or concerning, perhaps, that uh, no one was in the building. And I don't remember ever hearing that. Not while we were in there. Any other time. And nope. if there was air systems kicking on and off, we surely would have made a note of that. And there was point. not. There was no air systems on that I know. Right, of. I'm exactly. not sure if there is any circulation. I, I don't air think in that there building. is either, yeah. is why I say that. So that's interesting. That's yeah. really interesting. Okay. So let's get to the last two. And uh, I'm just going to play them. We can talk about this afterwards. These are actually from two different segments. This first one comes from when we were up in the balcony area. So we'll let you listen okay. to this. That's why they have all that like, mm-hmm. sound and yeah. padding on the walls. But this would be exceptional for live performances. What do you think? Did you hear something there, Travis? Right before she says performances? Yeah. I think I yeah. Something? Let me, uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the whole thing again here. That's why they have all that like, mm-hmm. sound and yeah. padding on the walls. But this would be exceptional for live performances. That sounds like a child, like playing, almost like singing a, a song or something. Yeah. So that's another yeah. child voice in there. And Travis, this is something we didn't talk about in the last episode, and something I forgot about till Bobby brought it back up. There is one known child death. But it's not in the theater itself. It was actually from a kid that was outside and was coming to the theater and got hit by a carriage, I believe. Or it might have been a car. I think, we, I think we talked about that at some point sitting there. Yeah, that rings a bell. That one gave me goosebumps. The rest of them have been like, ooh, okay, that's interesting. But that one, I got, I got goosebumps over that one. I'm not going to lie. All right. Well, oh, if man. you like that one, this one is going to be another one of those. But uh, this one ooh. was when we brought Boo Bear out. You remember? So, oh, yes. Yeah. Recap Boo Bear for those who may not know. Boo Bear is a very neat interactive toy that's in a piece of equipment that we use. What it is, is it's literally a brown and white teddy bear. But this is not a normal teddy bear. The teddy bear has EMF sensors. It has uh, motion sensors. It ha- can, can detect temperature changes changes it can pretty much do anything uh, it also asks questions that hopefully you get to maybe a spirit or a child spirit to interact with and so we were just getting ready to set this out we've never used boo bear at washington theater and we used it for quite a while and um so we got this as we were uh getting ready to use boo for the first time recording downstairs right. bring up boo 
you kind of hear it right there, right? I totally heard it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. Let's do it again. Recording downstairs. Now, interesting. I do want to. I do want to point out. We've talked about this before. Is about the outside people and the people that were outside. Yeah. And that how they kind of inter- made some of the noises. And at first thought, you think, okay, that's probably who it was. But I then, don't know, and that's man. that's what I thought of until I realized what time this. Recorded. Yes, yes, that was like the last thing we did was Boo Bear. It was all the people that were at the bar were gone by this time. So there is no outside voices coming in at that point in time. It was really actually pretty quiet in Washington Square. We that had night. just been outside before this, Chris, if mm-hmm. memory serves. And you're right. The bar was shut down. I think the last person was cleaning up. We saw the bartender leave. Yeah. And that was it. There wasn't any activity yep. going on outside. You're right. This must have been one thirty. Oh, yeah, morning? at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. So and you hear it sounds like another child's voice. It in sounds the like my the, what my daughter does when she's playing with her stuffies in her room, just like singing a little song to herself. Man, that's creepy. That's def, that's definitely sounds like a female child to me. There's just such a wide variety of stuff going on at Washington Theater. It it, it it's so weird because we you know again going back to what we've talked about. My very first interaction, which was in 2007 at Washington Theater, Mm -hmm. was a spirit you can hear clear as day. I still think it's a Class A EVP. It's probably the best that you can get, where I asked the question, would you like to see this place fixed? And you hear a male voice go, you bet I would. And that was underneath the theater, which we never got to, by the way. But then you go to a story with Bobby seeing this sh- black figure Demon run across from the hell. balcony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now we're getting these stories or these sounds that sound like a child that's in there. So it's such a vast variety of potential spirits in this building. I mean, and again, we can go to the idea of, okay, it was a well-known place, a very, very popular place back in the day. Where a lot of people would be, maybe that's the place they want to go. But why do we have such a vast, like, a vast area of a vast possible spirits in this building. The more and more we've talked about this whole firsthand experience and ideas when it comes to paranormal locations, I keep going back to what you were saying, Chris. It feels like that combined energy of people in a kind of a common area or a gathering spot, like a theater, like a like a church, things like that. There's just like whether it's not intelligent residual energy or whether it's still a meeting place after death you know is is if this is some kind of paranormal entity a spirit of someone who was once living they're gonna go to where they had fun they're gonna they're gonna gonna go to where the people gathered i would think because i don't see another reason outside of the story of the the uh, it was a young girl correct who died in the carriage accident Mm -hmm. other than that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why there would be a, a, a young female spirit, if yeah. that is what it is. Well, and you also have to think about, even if the girl that passed away, passed away, you know, just in general, in within that vicinity, 
you only have so much knowledge. And I've, I've always pondered this, is that if you passed away as a young child, and you've only been to a few places, it's not like you've done a lot of traveling. Your world's a lot a smaller kid. back then. So you're, yeah. you're not going to know places. But you know what? You know Washington Theater. You've been to Washington Theater. So that's a place that you could go to. And, I, you know, we have kids' spirits and child spirits happen a lot more than what's comfortable, in all honesty. Right. And... That really is a thought, especially when you get to these more popular places like Washington Theater or a hospital or someplace like that is because they don't know. They don't they don't. And you're not going to It's a six year old child. They're not going to travel outside of that area. They're going to go to somewhere that's comfortable and that's peaceful. And and, but, you know, if you got the black uh, Jeepers Creepers dude running around that uh, theater, too, that's a little scary as well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad glad we didn't have any run ins that we know of. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that is a look of at Washington Theater. We had a great time. And before we get things wrapped up, Travis, and and we got to talk about the theater itself. Uh, thank Jim yeah. Lawrence from uh, now Quincy University, former uh, WGM uh, employee, former boss of mine, uh, great guy, Absolutely. for letting us uh, get in there. Also, if you want to make some donations, that would be really cool. Uh, you can head to their website, quincywashingtontheater.org, and you can uh, go to their website and make a donation. They're also getting ready for this big capital improvement plan. Travis mentioned it in the video a little bit, how they're going to be looking at maybe making it into more of a banquet facility in the near not future. Too unco- not too unlike the stateroom, um, it sounds like, if you're yeah. familiar with that venue. So they're getting ready to make that into something and uh, get really going on that. And it's going to be very exciting, especially once they get you know i i was telling travis man they just get these walls and 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 start doing some painting on that and but it's not like it's just slap a coat of paint on no. the wall there's some ser- it's a serious road ahead and there's a lot of ducks it sounds like they have to get into a row right now they're just collecting all the ducks before they can even start lining <laughs> them up so if if you uh, you know enjoyed this wild october this investigation, what we found, or just you know the future of a venue, performance venues in Quincy, mm-hmm. invest in the future by donating to this cause. A little bit goes a long way, especially when there's a lot of people giving a little bit. So we'll have a link to the, the to the donation page, and you know support your home. Years ago, I heard someone from the area say, "You've got to invest in where you live." And because, you know, no one else is going to do it for you, you know, sure, there, there, there's, maybe there's funds available through certain, you know, things. But at, at the heart of it, invest in where you live, invest in your home, make it better, the next generation. So if, if you know, we encourage you guys to consider doing that for, specifically for the Washington Theater cause and this time around we love the place it's a great place and we hope that you can help them out and uh again thanks to jim and the friends of washington theater for letting us explore this amazing location and hopefully we'll uh have future updates as we go along and try some uh some investigating again Uh, travis so this is your first experience and my first experience for that matter of a month full of ghostly encounters right Uh, what do you think man you had fun I did. It was it was a it was a busy month. It was a busy month for us. We uh, kept us running and gunning. Though every weekly thing kept us uh, kept us right on uh, our toes. But it was good. It was good stuff. I think a lot of people enjoyed it, especially going into Halloween. Um, no, I think it was a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Chris, for providing you know the the know how on the paranormal research side and. Uh, and he's creepily looking around his room like there may be some <laughs> some spirits present right now uh, behind the scenes. No, it was it was a great time. I think everybody had fun. I know I did. 
and it'll be a little bit of shifting uh, men- mental gears to get back on track on the the regular wild Quincy experience. What's what's coming down the road, Chris? Yeah, we're uh, going back into the cycles again. We're going to be, uh, man, it's going to be a busy second uh, part of season two. We have, uh, we have, uh, we're going some deep subjects. We're going to be talking about uh, something that uh, still touches the minds of a lot of people in the Quincy area, and that is the airplane crash uh, back in the uh, oh, wow. 2000s, yeah. late 90s, out at uh, Baldwin Field. We'll be talking about that. We also are going to be talking uh, about some unique people in the area, maybe a person named Edna Pratt that uh, might right. be coming up in the near future. A listener-submitted story, is that matter yeah. of fact. And it'll be great. We're going to circle back, revisit the emails, and... We're going to do some digging. It'll be exciting. Next episode, we're going to be taking a week off uh, to catch up because uh, between our Patreon and this, it's been a lot of episodes for the month of October. So we're going to take a week to get caught back up. Partially because we haven't even started the next episode in researching it yet, (laughs) but uh, also to give us a little bit of a break. And also we have our... uh, have our event coming up that is the um our patreon outing coming up I as well i believe so. it may have did it already no, no yeah no, it's no, coming no. i'm doing mental mental shifting in my head that's right uh if you're really quick if you want to jump over the patreon side real quick after this episode you might still be able to get on the action so Last last warning to get in on the fun. So our next episode will be on uh, November 9th as we are okay. going back to time or place. And the episode is going to be the Pinkman Hall incidents that happened in Quincy. I don't know a lot about this, so I'm excited, Chris. I think it'll be an informative one where, you know, most people, this might not be on their radar. This is something you don't hear a lot about in the history books of Quincy, but we're going to bring it to you in our next episode of Wild Quincy. Travis, before we wrap things up, are we missing anything? You know, wildquincy.com. Find out any information you want about the show, ways to get in touch with us. You can always drop a return liner on our listener email or our listener or by email or by our listener line, which is located up on the nav section of our website. Just give us a quick, hey, thanks for listening to Wild Quincy. Now back to Travis and Chris. Say a little fun thing. And uh, other than that, we just appreciate everybody listening. We've hit some major listener milestones on uh, the downloads and We're excited to see what comes next. So for Travis Hoffman, I'm Chris Ketters. You've been listening to Wild October here on Wild Quincy. We'll catch you guys next time. Take care, everybody. Shake, 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 Sonora. Shake your body liner. Shake, 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 Sonora. Shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sonora. Work your body liner. Wild Quincy is released every other Tuesday and is produced by Chris Ketters and Travis Hoffman. Sound designed by Downdraft Sound and Editing and music by Travis Hoffman Music. I'm Bo Beecraft, and thanks for listening to Wild Quincy. Jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line.